Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm your host, SM, as always, and with me today I have Cruyff. Hi, ass! Gerard just stepped on me, sorry. And <laughs> we have Boyan Count Kick. One matter, you superstar. <laughs> uh, we might kick it off talking about that game because obviously there's a lot of talking points out of uh, Liverpool Man United. Uh, so we'll kick, kick off with that one. And uh, Boyan, you must be feeling pretty pleased with yourself this morning. I'm wrapped. Absolutely wrapped. It was a fantastic performance, followed perfectly on from the, from the Spurs game the week before. Um, I, said on, I said last week that they needed to keep possession early and nullify the fans. And they dominated the first half. Absolutely dominated. Liverpool didn't get near it. Um, Mata and Fellaini pushed pushed forward deep because Liverpool were playing a kind of well three centre halves and two wing backs. Sterling didn't get forward all game basically because he spent half his time either trying to help out uh, Moreno or, or Chan who were trying to stop Fellaini and Juan Mata and the goal. Oh, what a beautiful goal! Ball played in played square by Fellaini to Herrera, who just sees the space and straight through in between the defenders, and a beautiful finish by one matter. And that was, I mean, oh, sorry, lovely ball from Herrera, as you were saying, exquisite, exquisite ball. And that's, I mean, I'll talk about second half as well. But this, this is the one matter that we saw at Chelsea. It really was. This was a, a throwback performance. And I think was, a- he was, he was absolutely fantastic. A lot of people don't understand why it doesn't start more often because he hardly seems to put a foot wrong when he when he gets at least a, a couple of games under his belt. I mean, he played pretty well against Spurs last week and, and he played pretty well again today. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going through uh, Van Hal's mind, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure whether this um, philosophy garbage is true because, I mean, for all we know, it could just be clicking now. It could have clicked last week. Which is what he's been saying. He's been saying eventually they'll get the philosophy and everything will click and we'll play beautiful football. Maybe it clicked last week and it's it's flown onto this week. I mean, we just we just don't know. But um, I guess when you're talking about Herrera being out of the side, the same could be said for Ander Herrera. Sorry, yeah. when you're talking about Mata being out of the side, the same could be said for Ander Herrera, who um, he had some ridiculous record of I think it was six starts, six goals, and six assists. Every time he started, he put up stats, and um, they interchanged beautifully. Michael Carrick was in there beside them, and we really just controlled the play, especially in that first half. In the second second half, oh, Steven Gerrard. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, not, I, could not be happy. Oh. I started watching the second half in bed, and I shut my eyes, and it said, I hear oh, Gerrard's coming on, and then 30 seconds later, Steven Gerrard's been sent off. I rolled over in shock, wide-eyed, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, my my mate was heading off at half time, and he kind of heard the heard the uh, commotion from the red card, and kind of popped back in because no one could believe it that it just happened so quickly after half time. No, brain explosion from Gerard of all people in in a game like that. But I think the most, uh, well, not the most, but a, a very significant thing is that Gerard's actually come out and cop, you know, uh, put his hand up and, and said that he, yeah, he was to blame. It was a fair decision. Anything you see, some players come out and they'll complain or they'll say, oh, I was provoked or oh, it was, it wasn't as bad as the ref made it out to be, something like that. But fair credit to him is he's put his hand up, which is uh, good to see. He said it's his own fault. <laughs> well, um, he made an absolutely crunching challenge on Juan Mata, which was kind of. 50-50, it was a little bit over the top. It's the kind of challenge that the refs let go in the Premier League with if it was in Spain or in Serie A, they'd been absolute uproar about it. So they let that one go. And then I guess he had been sitting on the on the touchline and just watching 
yeah, United really dictate the play and thought he had to. I, mean, I don't want to use the pun again, but put his stamp on the game. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that, that Herrera slid in, but it wasn't malicious and he didn't catch him at all. He was more trying to, there was a lot of sliding intercept of Gerard's pass and then he just had, had, that, had that brain explosion. What confused me about that incident was didn't Herrera also get a yellow card and Liverpool actually got a free oh, kick out of it? Or was that separate? <laughs> exactly. I, I think that was to appease the cop more than anything else because <laughs> Herrera couldn't believe it and I couldn't believe it. I was like, what the hell was that for? I mean, m- maybe he gave a, a free kick for, I don't know, going in studs up. But as I said, he was trying to intercept the pass. He was nowhere near Gerrard, really. But um, yeah, kind of a bizarre decision and then United even more trying to dictated the play um and i mean united warrior on the forum mate stop batting out Maria, please i've had enough of it <laughs> do it every week just just yeah just don't do it because t credit well him and matter interchanged beautifully for this for the second goal Lo- lovely ball yeah lovely balls matter had the ball on the right wing cut in and he really didn't have any options so Maria came from the center forward position out to the number 10 position and just took the ball, looked around, and Moreno had an absolute mare. He was worst on ground by an absolute mile. And he just let one matter run past him. Beautiful ball by Di Maria, and oh, what a finish. Absolute what. Very you don't rem- really see that goal from one matter, but it was a beautiful finish. Very reminiscent of Rooney's goal against um, City a couple of years back. I know he was in a slightly different position, but just the, the bicycle kick with such significance on it kind of uh, brought back memories of that goal. Um, and yeah, Matter doing very well. I, with the penalty, I wanted to ask you, with the penalty, um, obviously Rooney would love to take it as a, as a former Evertonian. Uh, do you give it to Matter to get the hat-trick? Or do you think the right call yes. was made with Rooney taking it? No, you, you give it to one Matter. You let him... <laughs> he's on... He's, he's, I mean, at this point, you scored two goals at Anfield. You, your confidence is flying. Rooney had been serviceable, didn't have the best game. His build-up play was was all right, but apart from that, he wasn't really near it. Uh, whereas Matter was on fire, you let Matter become a legend. Having said that, though, if, if Matter did take it and missed, what would you say? Would you say Rooney should have taken it because he's designated spot kick taker, or what do you... No, I'd say bad luck. Say? Mm. I mean, you let... I mean, if... Yeah, well, I think you play... Like, <laughs> penalties is, 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 is a confidence thing, right? So because it's just one on one, so Matter was on, yeah, running on top of the ground. He should have stepped up and taken it. And Rooney even admitted after the game that he should have let Matter take it. I mean, there, I was reading a lovely article by Diego Forlan during the week talking about how he really was a flop at United, but he scored those two goals at Anfield in the two-one win, and they're still singing his name. If Matter had stepped up and scored a hat trick at Anfield, straight in the legend book. <laughs> should have, Rooney should have let him take it. And, um, yeah, after that game, the game kind of petered out until Michael Carrick decided he was going to try and beat about three players on his own and uh, got tackled by Coutinho, and who passed the ball through to Sturridge. Took a slight def- deflection, but, uh, hey, you shouldn't be getting beaten at the he near should, post. Yeah, he should have done a lot better, I thought, seeing that and got beaten at the near post. Keep up his quality as well. You'd think he'd have that covered. Yeah, I think he, he might have been expecting the ball to be played across goal, but he should know how selfish Sturridge is. He should know that Sturridge isn't going to pass it well within the 18-yard box. So um, he, he should have stayed at his near post and yeah, it would have been quite a comfortable save. 
But even after even after the goal, I mean, they only had ten men. But I mean, the pleasing thing is, in the past, United would have just sat back and tried to soak up the pressure. But they just still got their foot on it and dominated the play. And it, it clearly frustrated um, Liverpool, and in particular Martin Sturdle, who decided that he would um, stamp on the hair at the end for no apparent reason. So, I think, do you think he'll be seeing a ban? Do you think Sturdle will be seeing a ban for that? Oh, absolutely. If you're talking about the other cost of getting banned retrospectively, there's no way that Atkinson saw that. If he lot, saw... A lot of people saying line... it was basically, oh, he was running through. And I wonder if that case will be made by Liverpool that, oh, it was just, you know, the forward momentum of the run. Um, no, because I completely agree. I think he should be banned. But I'm just wondering if that case will be will be made and if there's any chance that will help his case. How how about the uh, the Wayne Rooney kick out on uh, Mignolet and the four yellow cards that Phil Jones should have got? Well, I don't, the, I, I... the... The, the kick-out was a result of getting shoved in the back by Sturdle on his way yeah, through. Yeah, I don't think there was so much that. that'll that. mitigate that. Um, and, Phil and, Jones... And the four yellow cards Phil Jones should have got? Martin Atkinson had a great game. <laughs> he should rest the three all Man United games from now on. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think he had a bad. I mean, the games are very difficult for the referees. As you know, I'm sure it's the same with the Merseyside derby and the North London derby. There's plenty of heat in the game. The fans are ravenous. Um, so I thought he stayed quite composed. I mean, he did some some silly things like that Herrera booking was, um, you know, there was nothing there for that. Yeah, Phil Jones put a dot a couple of yellow cards, um, but he didn't do anything as distasteful as a stamping. I mean, they, they let things go in these big derbies generally, yeah. but you yeah. can't let people stamp all over each other. You know, they give you some leeway because they don't want it to become some boring game. So it was a good win. It just kind of, yeah, the whole stamping thing, I hope that doesn't override. I hope Gerard getting sent off and being under 10 men doesn't override the fact that it was a uh, great performance by United. Do you think you'll finish above Liverpool now? Title charge, mate. Well, well clear of Liverpool. <laughs> we just need the guys above us to drop off and we'll uh, smash tactics Tim next week. And then it's on to the big derbies and we'll, we'll just run through the top four. Well, No, I don't know. Um, but I, I think we've, we've got fourth wrapped up now. Speaking of uh, the teams above you dropping points, you might use that as a nice segue to talk about the other big game from last night, um, at least in my opinion, and I think in a few people's opinions, which was uh, Chelsea beating Hull 3-2. Now, after about 10 minutes, you could have ridden off the game, and I was contemplating heading off to bed. Uh, cause... Did you think, sorry to cut you off, but did you think at 2-0 two, two down in 10 minutes, do you think it was going to... So they were going to hit four or five sort yes. of thing. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was th- that was the sense of pretty much everyone, which was it, damage mitigation. Um, we need to protect our goal difference now. Uh, and it was very, very worrying that they were so clinical and, and got those two goals so early because we thought players' heads were just going to drop. But um, the comeback really started with Andy Robertson playing an absolute blinder um, down the left wing, beat both Willian and Ivanovic to get to the byline to cross it in for Elmo to tap it in. Um, and I think that youthful energy can be really helpful in that sort of situation when players' heads might be dropping a bit, but then you look at this young kid kind of stepping up to the plate and you think it kind of lifts the whole team, I think, and that, that, that really set us on our way. And then obviously Courtois blunder about 60 seconds later, uh, or, or Gerard sending off later, um, really sort of, you know, to get back to two all, uh, the ground was just buzzing, absolutely buzzing. And we were, from then on, we were really all over them. I mean, we, we highlighted it last week, but Cahill and Terry as that central, central partnership are just way too slow. Um, and Hernandez and, and Doy were just ripping them apart. Um, and we, we were peppering the goal, really. And I think you were saying before to me, Croyf, I mean, it is a sign that we just weren't clinical enough, that we didn't put more goals past them. Um, 
on the forum, we were looking at that triple save from Courtois, where really Elmo should be slotting... That, was, that wasn't that good, let's no, be honest. No, but, but that's what I mean. I mean, Elmo should have been slotting that first one. I mean, he was the ball was played to him square, and he was basically in space one-on-one against Courtois, and he should be burying that. Uh, and Hernandez had a similar one earlier in the first half, where we were 2-0 down, and he was put through, and he just hit it straight at Courtois. And... and it's those situations where you just need to be more clinical. And Chelsea proved that, I mean, with a bit of help from our keeper, but they proved that they were a bit more clinical than us. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's tough being, I guess, a, a fan of a, a lower club. Not that I'd know that. But, I mean, when Chelsea have players in the like Azard and Costa, they, they paid the big money to finish those chances. And it's exactly what they did, really, at the expense of, of, your, of your mob. And you look at them bringing guys like Oscar off the bench when we're pl- bringing guys like Quinn and, uh, you know, Brady <laughs> off the bench, and no disrespect yeah. to them, but they're obviously well, well below the talent level of someone like Oscar, and I think it was it was the same feeling in the FA Cup final, uh, just to bring that up again. Oh, but, who won that? <laughs> but just in terms of, I think Bruce made comments after the game where it was like, you, you guys were able to bring on players like uh, Rosicki and, and Oxlade, I think, came off the yeah. bench as well, and that's just a step above what we're able to bring on, and, and I think that also mentally impacts the players, that, you know, these are these fresh legs coming on for your mobs that are just so much better than them, um, and it is hard to keep that momentum up for 90 minutes, but, I mean, yeah, I, 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 sorry? So I was just going to say that I thought Hull exploited um, Ivanovic's propensity to run forward and not trap back really well. I think his, his goals for Chelsea have covered up a lot of his um, defensive issues um where he yeah he basically makes these bombing runs i think we, we talked about it earlier early in the season like these, these bombing runs and doesn't track back and relies. i mean that's why Mourinho plays willy on because advantage barely traps back and hull really exported that yeah i think i think the game plan worked quite well after we shifted formation we shifted to a four five one after the um the two goals and i think that really helped because we sort of packed in that midfield and meant that robertson and El Mohamedy could get a bit further forward, which really helped, obviously, with that first goal, especially. Um, but I did want to bring up, I mean, we were talking, obviously, about the fouls in the United-Liverpool game, and you mentioned Costa, and he had a few incidents again in this game where he, he elbowed Livermore quite harshly from from a corner, and the commentators said, oh, perhaps that was accidental. But a little bit later on, he, he kicked out at McGregor pretty clearly, and McGregor took exception to it. So I think, uh, I wonder if there'll be any sort of retrospective action there, because the ref... Sorry, no, the ref didn't see it, mm. um, and he, he lashed out at McGregor. I think um, the ball had come in, and McGregor had claimed it, and there was sort of a bundle of players, and uh, the reverse angle shows that Costa then kind of kicked out at McGregor. I mean, there wasn't a whole heap of force on it, but um, it would be interesting to see how that's dealt with. He's not good enough to get away with doing that rubbish. It's but just it's, He doesn't seem to be able to play a game cleanly. He needs to be sort of on that edge to play well. It's a bit like Suarez, maybe, I guess. Maybe he's so angry because he's so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can kind of get away with being that much of a campaigner yeah. if you're like Zlatan. Yeah. But if you're Costa, you're not at, at that level. Um, hopefully, he either cuts it out of his game or he does it to an old school defender who will put him right in his place and then he won't do it again. But if he was like, if he was doing that to Stan. Steve Bruce back in the day, Steve Bruce would have fucking murdered him. Well, funnily <laughs> enough, I mean, Alex Alex Bruce went in on a, with a pretty hard tackle on him and, and he stayed down for quite a while. And I think the... Uh, Supporters took up a chant of, doesn't matter if you're from Brazil, doesn't matter if you're from Spain, if you meet with uh, Alex Bruce, you're in for a world of pain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a nice impromptu right. chant, but um, 
Yeah, so I think it's exactly what you're saying. He had like Alex Bruce kind of leveled him up, and I think Livermore also got got him back for the elbow as well. So I think I think he learned pretty quickly not to try it against our players because you know we're not an Arsenal, we're not a Man City. You know the players will be a bit more dirty per se to to level things up like that, which was uh, good to see, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't let you can't let these uh, people like Costa bully your, your central defenders at all. If you need to be, in fact, you should. I mean, the traditionally, you you know, your kind of mid mid table and below teams would be doing would be kicking lumps out of the you know star forward, not the other way around. Yeah. If I was in charge of a mid to lower table club against the big teams, I'd tell them just try and disrupt their play as much as possible, kick them if you have to. I mean, r- r- rough them up a bit, and I mean it 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 did it worked for Stoke. So I mean. I, I don't know why more of the small clubs don't do it. Well, I think you see a lot on players like Hazard. I mean, yeah. there were a couple of incidents last night where I could have seen it easily being a free kick to Hazard or uh, Willian or players like that. But the ref did let a lot go when we were being a bit more physical, which obviously, from my point of view, I was happy to see because it meant that we could sort of physically impose ourselves and, and make them think twice about, you know, trying to do a bit of a silky nutmeg or something like that. Um but you do see it a little bit with, and like West Ham used to do it a bit as well. They're they're changing their their colours a little bit now. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, that's that's obviously the way you've got to stop them. If if you're not as skillful, you need to show them that to get through you, you it's going to hurt them. So um, mm. no, it was it was an, it was a good performance from Hull, I think, and it, we can take a lot out of it for the last run of games. And obviously, with all the sides b- below us losing, it it really helps sort of um, mean that you know basically you struck that game from the record as far as we're concerned in terms of uh, the points total. But from the confidence point of view, hopefully that really pushes them forward. But Chelsea have looked pretty weak lately. Do you, do you guys see, like, obviously, I mean, playing against a better side, they could have easily lost last night. Um, the sooner Cahill's benched, I think, the better for them with Zuma coming in. But do you see any chance that the title race could open up a little bit? I'd like to say yes, but I think the proper answer is no. It's uh, but... I, I can't see a Mourinho side slipping um, and, and conceding uh, uh, five, five points ahead, I think. I yeah. can't see them. I can't see them slipping. And they've got a game in hand too. It would be an absolute disaster if they lost it from here. Yeah, correct. I mean, Chelsea and and City both aren't in great form. So if there's anyone that's going to challenge, it's going to come probably from Arsenal, really. But you'd have to say, given Mourinho's history, he kind of has a habit of towards the end of seasons where he then he yeah hasn't rotated enough. They just tend to eke out the one nils towards the end of the year, and they do just enough to stay ahead. So you still back them in relatively comfortably for the lead. Um, Arsenal obviously kept up the pressure with a two-one win against Newcastle, Cruyff, and and Giroud kept his goal-scoring form going. Yeah, big Ollie showing how it's done. Uh, lo- lovely goal to the first one, absolutely peach off his knee. Well, that might have been the second actually, but one of them was a lovely executed ball. That bouncing off his thigh, you can't get much better than that. And the the other was a header, which I mean, Giroud. I think he's flying underrated. I think he'd be underrated by a lot of fans that that don't go for Arsenal. I mean, I think he's got seven goals in his last six games or something. And um, he missed he missed three months with injury, and I think he's got twelve league goals. So I mean, you wonder how we would have done if he actually was playing the whole season and and didn't miss three months through injury, but. I mean, I'm glad that he's in ripping form, and he's he's part of the reason why we're doing so well. Is is it Groundhog Day? Because 
talking about Arsenal strikers playing the full season without injury um, <laughs> brings me back about three or four years. Um, I think there was some stat that actually without penalties, Giroud is the, top, the third top scorer in the uh, Premier League, so that's obviously a pretty impressive stat for him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I rate him pretty highly, but um, I think it, was it when he first came to Arsenal, he was pretty lightweight. I mean, he didn't score a lot of goals. I think he was a bit maligned by the fans from memory. So yeah. he's, he's taken a little while to get going. Yeah, I think it obviously just takes time to adjust to the league, the league and whatnot. But um, I mean, he, he was—he he scored. I think he had the most headed goals in France. Actually, no, that was that was Shamak. I apologise, and that turned out to be a disaster. <laughs> so we, we won't talk about that. I mean, Giroud's done well. His—I mean, his finishing could be better, but his role in the side is to more hold up the ball and and play through other players and score. But I mean, as far as terms of physicality go, and and um, physical strength and playing through teammates. He's very good at that. Absolutely. And another striker who's on form at the moment is Harry Kane, who got a his first Premier League hat-trick against Leicester, um, I believe. Uh, so he's he's in pretty ripping form as well. Yeah, here comes the story of the Harry Kane. Yeah. I think he's got 15 goals in 2015 or something like that. Second only to Messi, I think. Wow. So uh, he's in pretty ripping form himself and has fully deserved his England call-up. Well, he's got 29 goals overall this season in 37 games, so the young lad isn't doing too bad for himself. Absolutely. Um, the other big talking point from the weekend was probably in the Man City game where we've had another case of mistaken identity uh, with the wrong West Brom defender being sent off. Do you guys think that that means that there should be a move to uh, video refing, at least in the case of red cards like that? I, I, absolutely ridiculous that still happens. I mean, how... They've got the headpieces, they've got second officials, the linesmen, the fourth official. How can four people get it wrong? Yeah, and it would only take about five or ten seconds to look at a replay, see which player it was that actually committed the foul and to send the right player off. And from memory, when... I mean, it happened with Arsenal last season. With Gibbs and Chamberlain, yeah. Yeah, and did both of them basically... Like, no, no player was suspended out of that, were that, was it? Or was the ban transferred to the right player? I honestly can't remember, but Bayan might know, but I, I can't remember myself personally. Because... Well, it, it only happened about three weeks ago yeah. in Man United... Sunderland game where he sent off Wes Brown instead of O'Shea and then the FA made up this rubbish excuse for it saying that they did send off the right guy when, it was up, when they were just protecting the ref really um, I'm, not, I'm not sure with the Arsenal one I think they did move the ban across because um, I think, yeah, I think because... from memory with the Sunderland one both players were sort of involved in the foul so the case could be made that well the ref sent off the wrong player but O'Shea did still commit uh, Wes Brown did still commit a foul and so then when the red card was challenged they said oh well it's not actually red card worthy but I think with the Oxlade and Gibbs one because Gibbs actually had nothing to do with it or Oxlade had absolutely nothing to do with it uh, the ban might have been transferred because yeah. it was a different process yeah. of appeal I'm not sure um, so it will be interesting to see what happens with that one, I guess. It's just, it's farcical how it can happen so consistently at such a high level. It is, yeah. Um, at least on the pitch, it was good to see Bonnie get his first goal for Man City. Good, uh, good hit. It was a good hit, and it was a very typical sort of Bonnie goal that, you know, ball came in, he sort of got his foot up to it, trapped it, and then top corner. Um I think there was some discussion on the board about whether or not he was a waste of money, so I think it was a very timely goal as well. I mean, he had he was gone for African Cup of Nations, and then he wasn't playing much, so it's been good he's been given a chance to prove himself, and you wouldn't see why he won't start next week. 
or well, the week after, sorry, with the international break. The week after, absolutely. And we'll, we'll start talking about the games uh, from next week, ne- oh, for all, <laughs> from the fortnight, next fortnight now. Uh, we've actually got um, an extra game next week, if I'm counting this right. Hey, guys. We've got... Did, um, did anyone, before we move on, did anyone see the, the Spurs-Leicester game and Kyle Walker have his absolute mare, where he was responsible for most of the goals against, against Spurs and then injured the keeper? No, I didn't Sorry? see that. What happened? I heard he injured the keeper because Chula oh. wasn't too happy about it. He basically fouled. I think I'm not sure if he gave away a penalty or if it went out for a corner, but or a goal kick. But he almost dived through the air, grabbed onto the back of the Leicester player and fouled him, and then two footed tackled L- Loris, who was coming out for the ball. <laughs> it was the most <laughs> most bizarre thing. It sounds ridiculous, but if you watch it, and then <laughs> but I mean Loris is debatably their m- most important player. So without him for the for the rest of the year, I don't know if he's out for the rest of the year, but he was plucking at his knee. I'm pretty sure, not that flash. But if you got a few moments, check out that replay. It's quite amusing. Well, we've got yeah. a few keepers who are, have been injured lately. I think um, Ben Foster for West Brom is out for six months, and uh, Fraser Forster for Southampton also injured himself in their win. Uh, and and Hugo Lloris. So um, a couple of keeper injuries on the weekend. I think. Uh, Foster and Forster have both withdrawn from the England squad, which is... It's good to see uh, Jack Butland get a call-up, because I think he's uh, potentially the England keeper of the future. All, very all, we, all we need now is for De Gea to get injured, and, and we'll be good. <laughs> oh, I don't wish injury on other, other players, mate. Come on, that's poor form. It needs to happen. We need, we, 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 Arsenal needs breathing space. <laughs> breathing space? From who? You, you're right up above. You're only a point behind. You're only a point behind Man City. You're in a Manchester yeah, sandwich. Yeah, breathing place from fifth. Yeah, where the where the Manchester sandwich? What a <laughs> that is. God, <laughs> that's an awful combination. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can't. I mean, it'd be un, unlikely, especially with the form that you know an Arsenal are in. The top four changes from here. Yeah, well, absolutely, and I think. Looking ahead to the next set of fixtures, Arsenal play Liverpool in the early game, and uh, that could all but seal the top four, I suspect, if Arsenal can get a win there. You'd think so. I mean, it's at Emirates as well, so that's obviously in our favour. No Gerrard. I mean, he's not playing that great, but, I mean, it's handy to know that he can't play at all. Coutinho, I think, will be a danger. He'll, he'll give us a bit of a runaround, and we just need to hope Bellerin doesn't get injured and stays fit, because if Chambers is the starting fullback, we will get murdered down the right-hand side. Um, I th- yeah. I th- sorry? No Sturdle either. Most likely no Sturdle. Oh, brilliant. So playing like a Colo Toure or some other spud. I mean, Emre Chan was very ordinary and Moreno was very ordinary. How, um, how's, how's so stuff? I think Alexi Sanchez and Giroud could, uh, yeah, tear it up. career best form continues in, but somehow Silva has more goals, Marta has more goals. I mean, Cazorla has more goals. What's the, I, I don't understand his Liverpool fans waxing lyrical. He's he's I've, certainly come good this season, I think, and he's scoring a lot of long-range goals, which obviously makes him look a bit more spectacular, but um, I think he's still a little bit behind those other players that you mentioned. Definitely. I think the other one to, to shine a, a light on is Sturridge, who's struggled a little bit since he's come back from injury. I mean, he's a clinical finisher, and we saw it again on the weekend with his goal, but um, apart from that, he wasn't too involved in the play. I mean, he held the ball up a little bit, but he wasn't too effective, and he's really struggling as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's gone for what, three months, four months? 
Uh, I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he missed, he missed always, most of the first half of the season, I think. It's always going to affect a player coming back after that long. He needs to get match fitness, needs to get sharp again. It'll probably, probably still take him a few weeks to get back to that 100%. But, I mean, it's unfortunate for Liverpool that it happened. But, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I'm not complaining. Wasn't he just playing baseball, though? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> no, I mean he he was very like he didn't get involved in the game much on the weekend. He had that one chance, and I mean, stood on him. He he scored, but outside of that, he yeah wasn't in the game at all. Absolutely. So we see probably an Arsenal win in that one. Yeah, but at the Emirates, you'd say yes, but Arsenal still sometimes don't decide to show up at times. But you'd think Wenger's actually seemed to grow a brain at a point. And you think now they're well drilled, they know how important it is and we'll actually hold on and hopefully get the three points that we need to, again, keep up the pressure on the teams around us and help ourselves out too. Um, now, another interesting game is actually Chelsea playing Stoke um, insofar as it's Stoke's the sort of side that um, are essentially a better version of, of our style of play. I mean, you're not too physical, but you're also not too technical. Um, and they could quite they could cause quite a lot of trouble for Chelsea with um, guys like Moses and Duf and those guys who are quite pacey. Uh, and it's a story for the, probably the third game in a row for Chelsea that they'll come up against a few pacey forwards. Obviously, Stoke have Crouch as their main man who's not too pacey himself. But um, it's, it's at Stamford Bridge, so... Probably a Chelsea win, but I mean the way they've been playing lately, you never know. Stoke could um, grab a draw in that one. I think they've got potential to give Chelsea a bit of trouble, as you said. The pacey forwards, because with Terry and Cahill in the middle, I mean obviously that's lacking pace. Terry relies on his positional ability and being able to read the play, but Cahill's a big weakness. And if Ivanovic keeps deciding just to stay halfway up the pitch rather than defend, I mean Stoke can explain that. And Crouch isn't exactly a slouch in the air, so I mean they should be. A, aim to whip balls in and, and move it quickly along the deck as well and, and cause Chelsea some problems. But again, as you said, Stamford Bridge, it would be tough for Stoke to get away with something, but I'm going to have some faith. Do you think yeah. um, Zuma coming on late for Chelsea against us might have been a sign that Mourinho is learning that perhaps Zuma should be starting? Yes, 100%. I mean, I don't know why. He's, he's quick, he's strong. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be. He's, he's not exactly poor. I mean, Chelsea paid how much ever for him, but, I mean, he's impressed when he's played uh, this season, and I can't understand why he doesn't start more games, to be honest. Well, uh, Mourinho doesn't really trust young players, so that would be that'd be the reason um, that he, he hasn't just made the call and benched Cahill and play Zuma. So maybe, I mean, maybe it's something to do with a kind of dressing room where if you bench a, a ton of, I mean, he could be a team leader for all we know. And if, and if you bench him, what kind of message does that does that send to everyone else? You know, so just not quite sure. But I guess as we talked about last week, that move will be, will be made at the end of the season. But um, you know, if they if they come under pressure, then they should make the move this season. But if they don't, they can probably afford just to nurse Cahill through to the end of the season, and then they can pick up some superannuation elsewhere. Well, certainly in the last two games against Southampton and against us, I mean, they've certainly come under a lot of pressure and they could have easily uh, walked away from those two games with perhaps no points at all, um, the way that their defence was playing. But, I mean, obviously they've been quite lucky and come away with four points. And so, as you say, perhaps it'll let them nurse Cahill through to the end of the season. But um, if they drop points to Stoke, and and I don't know who they have after that, I think they have... um, uh, QPR. Well, never mind. They'll probably beat QPR. But 
um, um, it will be interesting to see if they if they drop points to Stoke whether that is the catalyst for a bit of change now. But um, no, there was, we'll... they do still have to play Liverpool at Stamford Bridge and United at Stamford Bridge, and if both. You know, I mean, Liverpool should. I mean, I I hope they fold, but they should be fighting for all the way to the season and keep putting pressure on United. So, but if Liverpool and United can kind of put them under pressure, uh, that that they might have to make that change, or it might uh, result in them choking away the title. There was there was talk, of, oh maybe month month and a half ago, about how woeful Cahill was doing. I think he was terrible against Liverpool with that that handball thing that he was lucky to get away with. But I mean. You've got to wonder, with Mourinho, what does a player need to do to be dropped? Well, it's all about um, experience with him and the players that he, that, he's tr- that he trusts. And he'll let the older players, and this is common in kind of with most coaches, well, they'll kind of let the older player, they'll give them a little bit more leeway than they would a young player. With, with a young player, they'll kind of put down his, his um, estates down to inexperience. So as an older player, it's like, oh, you know, he's done all this stuff in the past for me. Um, we'll keep playing him. So, but I mean, I'm sure Mourinho knows that the the end, the end is coming for Cahill. Yeah, I think he could still do a job at like, say, a Hull or something, or an Everton or something like that. But I think his days at Chelsea are, are over. I'll top that, SM. We <laughs> <laughs> can stay away I'm, from Hull. I'm sure. Thing, I'm sure SM would gladly take Cahill. Oh, perhaps. <laughs> so we've got we've got Michael Dawson as our um, pensioner. <laughs> Centre back. We don't probably need another one. Um, no, our centre back stocks are pretty well stocked. I think you're right, though. I think someone like an Everton could use him uh, with Jagielka and Distan coming to the end. Um, they could probably use How someone like that. Distan's 35? Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty old, so. Wasn't he playing for Portsmouth like 15 years ago? <laughs> probably. <laughs> it seems it seems like it was that, that long ago. <laughs> Um, but we'll look down at we'll, we'll look down at the uh, other end of the table now at the um, some of the relegation games which which hold a bit of importance and um, probably looking at Burnley up against Spurs at home and Burnley have built a bit of good home form recently I mean they got the win over Man City uh, just the other week um, so it will be interesting to see how they go against Spurs obviously Spurs only beat Leicester by the odd goal um, do, good do... goal by Leicester in that game I think by might have been Schlupp yeah. There's a nice hit on the edge of the box. Far for Leicester's third, yeah, I think I think another one you mean. Yeah, that was a pretty decent hit. So I mean, if 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 um, Loris is out for a couple of games, that could be pretty damaging for Spurs. But I mean, do you reckon Burnley set up for another one nil sort of smash and grab, so to speak? Hopefully, hopefully, because I'd rather them stay up than some of the teams that play terrible football. So hopefully they can go there and at least get a point. And Spurs obviously still in the race for, I suppose, going for fifth for um, Europa League. Um, so they've got a bit to play for, basically between them, Liverpool and Southampton, I suppose. From my point of view, I hopefully um, Spurs get the win. I'd um, <clears throat> rather at this stage just see all the teams below us keep losing. <laughs> um, so see how that game goes. I think that's one. Everton seems to have a bit of momentum now. I mean, they did lose to Dynamo Kiev in the... Was it 5-2? Uh, Oh, something like that. They got belted, yeah. Miserable performance, but I mean, didn't I think Everton won last week in the league too, if I'm not mistaken. They did. They beat um, oh, they beat Newcastle. So yeah, it, it looks like they've got a bit of momentum, and they they should do enough to survive. But it wasn't looking good for them a few months back when they were playing this turgid, horrid crap that 
they seem to be dishing up and they found it. I think they were in the relegation zone at one point. Yeah. But, I mean, it seems that they should be pretty safe now. And I mean, I can't see QPR escaping. I but... think, basically, the, the relegation battle is from Hull down. Um, West Brom... West Brom on 33 points are probably safe. Eight points clear with uh, eight games to go. Yeah. But I think everyone from Hull down, because obviously Hull only three points ahead of Burnley. Uh, Villa level on points with them and Sunderland two points behind. Um, I, think, I think Villa might be all right now too with Sherwood in charge. Yeah, well, it was interesting to say they lost to Swansea, um, obviously courtesy of a very late goal, but um, from my point of view, hopefully Villa drop a few more points yet. Um, but I think Sunderland are probably the main worry of going down. Uh, and they've got the Tynewear Derby this week, or ne- uh, the following week. Um, which... Another game that Sunderland will probably lose. Well, traditionally, I think Sunderland's no, actually managed to win those. Yeah, they usually win. Um, especially because with a new manager. One of the reasons, yeah, it was like it was one of the big gripes that Newcastle fans had with Poyet, not Poyet, sorry, with um, Pardew, yeah. is the fact that he never won a derby and usually got beaten like four or five nil in the derbies, irrespective of, of where the two clubs were placed on the table. They just get belted in the derbies, and, and if you're living on Tyneside, you got to cop that twice a year. <laughs> it's not much fun. And I think the <laughs> the, the regular joke about the Sunderland boom-bust cycle is that they'll bring in a new manager who'll get a very convincing derby win and the Sunderland fans <laughs> will just fall in love with them and then it'll all fall apart again. So, you know, right on right on schedule, I think it's um, Dick's turn to, to win the, the Tyneware derby. Um, but hopefully, from my point of view, Newcastle can get a win there. But speaking of Dick, did anyone see the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> did, anyone, did anyone see the picture of him uh, on the touchline? Where he, he was pointing to his left wrist. No, I, to... I don't look at pictures of Dick, sorry. <laughs> he, was, well, he was pointing to his left wrist at an imaginary watch to sort of indicate how much time was left without realising he was actually wearing a watch on his right wrist. Right wrist. So it doesn't seem the brightest Dick in the box, but... <laughs> in the bad. Do you, do, you, do you look at Dick often? Uh, look, I tend not to. I I I don't like the look of Dick. Uh, it, I don't think he'll do enough to keep them up. Um, <laughs> Gee, that's a pretty ballsy statement. <laughs> well, it was pretty ballsy of him. Get them up the now. Sunderland fans will go nuts if they hear that. <laughs> well, on a semi-serious note, it was pretty ballsy of him to um, bring Adam Johnson on in the game. What's What's your opinions, guys? Of obviously he's innocent until proven guilty, and he's returned this week for them. But I think it's still a bit unsavoury to be playing with those sorts of charges over his head. I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, as you said, innocent until proven guilty, and he's not exactly a poor player. He's handy player to having a squad at that sort of level. So I can see why he named him on the bench. Maybe to try and just clear his head yeah. and stuff like that. And um, hopefully for uh, Johnson's sake, he gets cleared himself. But, I mean, he's not exactly a poor player. So um, you can bring him on 20 minutes to go sort of thing, open up a defence. And, I mean, who knows what could happen from there. Uh, and probably the biggest yeah. game for the relegation battle... Oh, sorry, were you going to say something, Bian? I was just going to say that like, the reason it looks bad is that he hasn't played since the initial, I guess, charges or yeah. initially when he was when he was questioned. So now it kind of stinks like, well, they're in trouble. We need to roll this guy out and, yeah. and um, have him play, and that's why it smells bad. Yeah, um, and probably the biggest game in the relegation battle uh, is Aston Villa playing QPR... Um, in the double game for the week. Uh, for me. Yeah, QPR away from home will probably be tough because they just can't seem to pick up points on the road. Um, so you'd think Villa might be able to win that one, which would 
almost see them safe, I think. Yeah, Sherwood's, Sherwood's uh, managed to do a bit of tactics, Tim, and, and, and pull them out of the, the, the trouble they were in. So, I mean, you, you, I, I, I wouldn't be um, silly if I backed the Villa win, I think, especially against QPR of all teams. Yeah, absolutely. They should win comfortably. I think I think if they can win that one, they're, they're pretty much safe. Um, they have Man United in their first game of the week, um, which I think Bayan made reference to a bit earlier, but you'd think Man United will win that one. So, I mean... I think if Villa can get over that 30... I think this season, almost that 30-point barrier is is looking almost like safety at this stage, at least. Um, Obviously, if teams like Burnley and Sunderland can pick up up the odd win unexpectedly, that obviously raises a bit, but um, that's looking like safe at this this time, I think. But do you guys have any closing thoughts? Um, It looks... Yeah, top that, Liverpool. (laughs) Um, And to, to Jats... Stop moving my threads to the terrace. I'm sick of it. I'll, I won't put up with it. I'll wait until you're not moderating, and then I'll just spam if you don't let me get a few through. Just let me have my fun. Just for a week. Let me have my fun. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you for having us. And thank thanks, you. Matt. No worries. And, and thank you, everyone, for having a listen. Uh, and until... Oh, in a fortnight's time. We'll see you in a fortnight. Uh, and until then, we'll see you on the forums. Hold up, before we sign off for the evening, we've still got to listen to the thoughts of one of our most valuable contributors. Over to you, Cookie. Hello, this is Cookson's thoughts for the recent Manchester United versus Liverpool game. And well, what can I say? It was a perfect day. I mean, Juan Mata scored two very good goals. The second one, a beautiful bicycle kick. First one, again, set up by Ander Herrera. Uh, both those two players are creating a little bit of a report amongst each other. I mean, they're just so smart, so technical, very intelligent lads. Of course, they're Spanish, so what do you expect? I mean, I found Smalling in to be very good. I mean, he swept up most of the things, had Sturridge in his pocket, and of course, would have beaten them the shit out of Balotelli if they'd gotten into a fight. Di Maria was... Di Maria, Rooney, Blint, Jones, I found to be a bit disappointing in the game. They just didn't click for them. Uh, Carrick was just Michael Carrick just pootling along in the defensive half, intercepting balls, setting up play. But the big man, the big Fally, just beast. Very good game again by him. He's just offering so much aerial presence, clearing the corners, attacking the balls. I'm a fantastic player he's been so far this season. Now we reached. Possibly the funniest thing ever. Slippy, stompy, scousy G getting sent off in the last game. Um, but that's probably typical of his last 12 months, really, and typical of the man. All blood and thunder. Not announced the footballing intelligence. And he's harmed his... T- he cost his team the league. He's going to cost his team top four. All we need him to do is slip over and cost his team the FA Cup. I mean, how utterly hilarious it is to see the decay of him. The other games I watched, I mean, El Clasico was also pretty decent. I mean, Ronnie getting booked. I personally think he's going to leave Madrid, as harsh as that sounds. But, again, same with Bale. One of those two will be out of Madrid. To where, I don't know. How much, I don't know. But, I mean, both for good, I mean... Suarez, Neymar, and Messi, of course, getting a bit better. 
of course, it's probably a very decent performance by them. I mean, yeah, the top four race is getting heating, and hopefully United can win. Over and out.